Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. Today is going to be an ultra special one. This is a three-part video series and, of course, a three separate podcast that we're going to be breaking down. Well, basically, this is what we have here, okay? We have Alan and we have Heather, okay? Basically, there's a little bit of a dilemma right now. Alan, and I'm going to read this email out, okay, so that you guys can understand, so we can lay the foundation before we actually go into what the, you know, the conversation ended up being. So the email goes a little something like this. He says, hi, Heather, hope all is going well, okay, with the people from ABI. I'm really sorry to bother you while you're in the middle of negotiations, but I do have a big favor to ask you, and unfortunately, I need an answer pretty quickly. As you know, I'm due to speak at the Infotech conference in Paris next week, but I just received some bad news from home. You remember how I told you about my grandfather? Well, it seems his condition has gotten worse. I really need to fly out to the States to help my family. So I guess you know what's coming. Uh, what do you think you'd be able to stand in for me in Paris? Please don't say no straight away. It's only a 20 minute presentation. I've got all the slides together. Can we at least talk about it when we get back on Wednesday? You're my last hope. Speak to you in a couple of days. Good luck in Milan. So basically, Heather is in Milan. Okay. Now, obviously, because she's in Milan, she does not answer quickly. It's not a prompt reply. So he ends up catching up with her in the hallway and they have a conversation. So what he does, he uses different strategies to try to get Heather to stand in for him at the Paris conference. Okay, and I want you, the listener, my beautiful souls that listen to me, to figure out which strategy seems to be the most successful. Is it flattery? Meaning, oh, you know, oh, you're so you're so great at this, you're so good at this. Remember, I told you about insincere flattery, a threat, an incentive such as a bonus, money, emotional pressure, or an appeal to fairness, saying, hey, listen, remember when I did this? Remember, we all talked about this about a couple of podcast episodes ago. So what we're going to do now, we're going to listen to this uh, entire thing, and we're going to see what happens next. So in saying that, people, let's break this one down. Hi, Heather. So you're back then. How did it go in Milan? Oh, hello, Alan. Don't even ask. Complete disaster. Oh, no. What happened? Well, obviously, we didn't get the ABI contract. Ah. Turns out they were just using us to get their existing supplier to lower their prices. It was a complete waste of three days. As if I haven't got enough on my plate as it is. <laughs> I've just come out of a meeting with Anton, and he seems to think it's all my fault. Oh, I'm sorry, Heather. I know how much work you put into that proposal. So, uh, I don't suppose you had time to uh, read my email then? Your email? Oh, your grandfather, yes. Uh, sorry, Alan, how is he? Uh, getting worse, I'm afraid. I really need to book my flight home today. Did you get a chance to think about standing in for me in Paris? Um, now, look, Alan... I know it's a lot to ask, but you know I wouldn't ask you if there was any other alternative. But please, Heather, I'm desperate. You know, my grandfather practically brought me and my brother up, and I just... Alan, Alan, this really isn't a good time. I've lost the ABI deal. I've just been shot down by Anton. I've got work piled up to the ceiling. And to crown it all, they've just given me this useless assistant to train up. 
Tony. Yes, Tony. He can't seem to do anything on his own. I have to babysit him the whole time. Look, I could take on some of your workload, if you like, when I get back from the States. Or I could lend you my assistant. Kim's great. Look, I'm sorry, Alan, but I don't think I can help you right now. Why don't you just explain the situation to Anton? I'm sure he'll understand. Like the way he understood about your problems with ABI, you mean? Oh, please, Heather. You know, you're brilliant at presentations. Much better than I am, anyway. And it'll get you out of the office. It's not every day you get to go to Paris, is it? Alan... You know Anton is going to kill me if I cancel my presentation at the last minute. But if you step in, you'll be his favorite sales rep again. I did all that overtime for you, remember? When you were on that evening course? Heather, can't you help me out here? Okay. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. Thanks, Heather. You're a star. I'm not promising anything, mind you. But maybe I can offload some paperwork onto Tony. It's about time he did some work. Aha! <laughs> uh -huh. Okay! Now, that's round one! But we got another part right here, right now. It's Heather and her wonderful assistant, Tony, who does nothing. if you can spare a minute. Oh, Heather, hi. I was just on my way to make some photocopies. Yes, well, you can drop whatever you're doing and come with me. There's a whole load of work that's piled up while I've been away, and now Alan's dumped a presentation on me in Paris next week. So I've got a long list of things I need you to do before this evening. I've got a training session this afternoon. This will be the third one I've had to cancel, Heather. You know, I was promised 100 hours of training when I took this job, and I've hardly had any so far. I'm afraid I can't help that. This is more important. But Heather... Look, Tony, I don't have time to discuss the terms of your contract right now, OK? You're my assistant, and right now I need you to assist. Go and get your laptop and meet me in my office in five minutes. Ah! Uh. And that is the way the cookie crumbles. My goodness gracious. Before we break down that nice little segment, let's go back to Alan. Alan used everything possible. And I think the last one was more of like an appeal to fairness. And remember I told you, remember the last time I did this for you? And that's when she made up her mind, right? But the thing is, I oh man, it's so hard working in a business where, you know, uh, listen, if something had happened to my mom, I'd be like, hey, uh, bye. And they'd be like, okay. I mean, it's that easy, you know? And I, again, it's easier said than done, but a lot of people don't have the luxury that I have to be a solopreneur as well as working at a place, you know, that keeps me here in the country legally, you know, with the, you know, the work permit and everything, you know? But at the same time, man, I just... What it like if you oh my god, I think there was something I found on YouTube, not to get off the beaten path, but there was a guy that uh, you know, he got interviewed and saying so many people were quitting jobs at the beginning of the year. It was a big exodus out there. Uh I'm sorry, exodus out there in America. And this guy was sitting there crying because he missed both of their funerals. Because if he had missed if he had missed work to go to a funeral, he would have gotten a write-up. And uh, to be honest with you, people, at some point you just have to say is enough enough. Like when you get threatened with your job just for going to a funeral of your grandparents, I mean, that's just sick. And that's the problem with the working world, right? And so if he's not able to go to Anton, which he should have had originally do, you know, done, 
uh, versus going to Heather to force her to do something that she doesn't want to do. And she's just unbelievably stressed, overwhelmed. Remember, we talked about overwhelm. Well, actually, I talked about that on my uh, personal development podcast. But, you know, with overwhelm, you know, is this your project? And if it's not, set the boundary and say no. I mean, and it's so hard for me to say no. But, you know, this morning um, I had to say no for the first time. And it was one of the best feelings in the world. Because, you know, my job, you know, kept saying, oh, but, you know, this student wants to learn four days a week. And I'm like, hey, and today, this morning, I said, you know what? No, I don't have time. I'll let you know when I'm free. And that was the end of discussion. And it was the best feeling. Because guess what? For the first time in my life, I actually stood for what was right. I stood for me, my goals, and, my, and, and the things that I'm looking to and trying to achieve. And so that's what a lot of you need to do um is to learn to have those boundaries and say no and i totally understand alan you know if alan was crying or if he looked absolutely depressed i probably would have done it but at the same time you know it's a little difficult so then what does heather do in the second you know uh in the second segment her tone uh you know tony her assistant is there and you know he's not uh disrespectful but he's more accommodating and heather she's more ineffectual right? Ineffectual meaning she's just, you know, very soft-hearted. She's like, hey, you know what? I need help and let's do this. And then she becomes very authoritative very quickly. She's like, well, you can stop what you're doing and come with me. We have a lot of work to do. And then he's like, oh, well, I've been promised the hour. She's like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. She becomes aggressive. And then he ends up becoming submissive. So in the end, who wins, to be honest with you? If you're Tony in his position, you're getting screamed at by a lady I mean, me, I'm just like, excuse me, who the heck, bye. I would walk right out of that job as I've done so many other jobs because life is too short to deal, to, to have someone like that, to have that sort of control over you. And so Heather going from ineffectual to authoritative to aggression, you know, just being flat out aggressive, is that good? And so in saying that, you know, there, there are a lot of things that you need to, you know, keep in mind when you're dealing with people. And to be honest with you, handling meetings on the go, you're pressured into doing things very quickly. And that's what we're going to be discussing in our next segment. And we have two more videos to do too. Might just put them all together. Who knows? But nonetheless, people, I mean, just think about it from his perspective. You know, do you think he's happy to do that now? Do you think he's going to be happy to sit in a room with this lady, Heather, who just was just so unbelievably aggressive to him? No, nobody would be happy to do that job. It creates friction. I'm not going to share it in this podcast, but one of my students here um, who owns a bakery shop, she shared me some really deep, deep cups in terms of her job at Senpara Grand Hotel, uh, which is one of the big hotel chains out here in Thailand. And you know, she was telling me basically, hey, Arsenio, man, I've had a lot of difficulty, to be honest with you. And, you know, and, and again, I'm not going to go on and on, but just let's just say it was one of the most toxic workplace coach, uh, cultures you could ever imagine. Them just constantly and consistently trying to make her feel bad because she's achieved and she's gone to Le Cordon Bleu. She has a car, she has a boyfriend and they were without. So they wanted to make her feel bad for her achievements to bring her back to their normality. That's the issue. That's the issue that we have. And so what we need to do, people, we need to focus on that. And that's what we're going to be diving into in the next Business English podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another one. I'm your host, as always. And you better stay tuned for some more.
Stay tuned. Over and out.